0: Hot round, Red Seven! Red Seven! Red Seven! Don. What? Red Seven! I don't know what Red Seven means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot round?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run downfield and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto
0: Rico. <laughs> that's
1: what we call a sack lunch. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me oh, the ball? I, I, I,
0: want the ball. ball. I, don't I hope he did not kill somebody.
1: Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Between living and dying. Yeah. I got a whole lot of money. Y'all
0: need for me. Bottle key, popping that water, man. No. No. Y'all yeah. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome into 11 Personnel, Nick Rouch and Adam Luckett. Here with you, Uh I don't know, we got out of sorts there for a little bit. We've been playing a waiting game. And it, I think we still are technically playing a waiting game. This has been a weird, uh, weird few days around the Big Blue Nation.
1: Yeah, it's actually our first episode in almost two weeks, 13 days. Last time we got here in the virtual studios was Wednesday, February 9th. Um, So, yeah, it's been a weird week. Um, We're a couple weeks. Um, We still have nothing official. Uh, It sounds like ongoing contract negotiations kind of thing, but probably a memorandum of understanding or something there between Cohen and the Rams. It looks like that's happening. It's just figuring out the – hammering out the financial details. So, yeah, Kentucky is looking for their third offensive coordinator in three seasons, right after they hired their third offensive line coach in three seasons. So, a lot of churn going on here. And now Mark Stoops, um, not a great time to get in the coaching market. Um, here no. in February, spring ball's right on the corner. Everyone's kind of made their moves. Now he has to go find a new play caller. So we're entering the beginning stages of that process again.
0: And, and before we kind of get to how we got to this point, let's go further back because I know you've got something up on KentuckySportsRadio.com right now, just talking about the massive attrition. And, you know, it started with Steve Clink, or I, I guess technically it started with Grand. Um, but you get Cohen on board for next season and yet
1: have Klinkscale leave in May.
0: Is that right? Yeah.
1: I think it all starts with, okay, you, you have this great season in 2018. Mm-hmm. So now people are like, Oh, what are they doing down there? But let's be kind of hesitant. Let's see if they do it again. First starts with Matt house, right? Mm-hmm. They try to fight tooth and now to keep him. He ends up leaving. Uh, but you end up, you know, I think, I, I would call it an upgrade myself. I think Brad White's a better defensive coordinator. And then you land John Summerall, um, who, up you know, upped your recruiting operation there mm-hmm. in Lexington. So you get those guys. Uh, so for 2019, 2020, 2021, it was really good there in the defensive room. Um, but really when everything started to turn over, was obviously the end of the 2020 season.
0: Yeah. We knew the the grand departure. That was kind well, of Well, the imminent. John Schlarman
1: thing, obviously.
0: Right, right.
1: That, that then contributes you gotta, to it. He decides – Mark Stoops decides offense needs a facelift here. we got to replace the whole line coach anyway. Let's just kind of gut the entire room. And so they they go out. They hire Liam Cohen. They bring in a new offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, who had ties to Stoops from the Youngstown days. And then they bring in a new running back coach, Jamal Singleton. He leaves after a couple weeks from the NFL. They go and hire John Settle, so that settles the running back. No pun intended there.
0: Is is that why running we don't get the interviews right afterwards? They don't want us to interview a new coach <laughs> all the for him to leave two weeks oh, later?
1: Man. I know. <laughs> and so you get all that and you, yeah, all this shuffling. Jovan Buneight has the DUI incident. He kind of gets the motion. After being a quality control coach for a few weeks, Scott Woodward gets an on-field role. And then you go and you have your second ten-win season in four years. And now you're starting to see um, the consequences of winning, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate timing, I think, on the Liam Cohen thing. That was the one you always had to be worried about. Um, it looked like we were, everything was good there right until the end of the NFL oh, he, he was on
0: this podcast, what, a month ago?
1: Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if, if he's less than probably than that. Yeah. Yeah, this stuff happens fast. And so now it's just kind of a ripple effect. And you look up John Summerall's left for Troy. You mentioned last year after spring ball, Steve Klingscale in May leaves for Michigan. Which that timing? Mean, You've just got a lot of a lot of churn mm-hmm. here. I think Summerall since in fourteen, Troy. I mean, in fourteen months, Nick, they've lost nine on-field assistant coaches. Three, they're on, on their third offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Third offensive line coach. They're on their third receivers coach in that time. Right? Third in like 22 months receivers coach in that time. I mean, that's just a lot. And then they've got some unproven commodities like Chris Collins. Mm-hmm. I think the book is still out on him. I think Amar Stewart does some good stuff coaching, um, but you still want to see some, a little bit more on the recruiting front. I mean, you'll see he had a nice year last year. Let's see he, what well, he can do this year, if he can kind of put some stuff together. But now it's just, you know, you're, you're worried a little bit. Eric Wolford did some good things recruiting in a short stint. He's gone. The big question was Zach Ginzer is recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was at smaller schools. He's at Kansas. He doesn't have much experience in the Power Five, and he was in the NFL. So recruiting is a worry with him. Um, Liam Cohen was starting to do some good things. I think keeping Woodward will be huge, especially in Nashville. Um, but, yeah, I mean, recruiting is a – Huge concern with the summer all gone. Like Vince Merrill gives them a very high floor as a recruiting mm-hmm. operation. They're going to get Ohio. They're going to get Kentucky. They're going to have a very high floor recruiting wise. But I think like summer all and some of the other guys they were able to get and some of the stuff Cohen and I think Wilbur did really raise their recruiting ceiling this last cycle.
0: They got some big fish. Right. They, they went and out so, in spots and got some big fish.
1: So that. Merrill sits the baseline. He's getting the majority of the class. He's going to, he's assuring you, you're going to have at least a top 30 class, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But it's up to the other assistants to really get that thing cranked up and up to the top tip 15, if they can go and get some big wins in areas. And so that's a concern. And then that, that's a lot of churn. You don't want to have that much churn, obviously. Hopefully this is the last time it happens for a while. And that's why the alignment so important. It's so important. Excuse me. Um, they have money to float around now. They got, they had the money to keep her. I mean, Brad White talks about you know the situation at Kentucky, but you got to have the financials behind that,
0: you know right? Right. 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 And
1: so that getting him up to one point four million was huge. Um, I think he, they probably made it a tougher decision for Cohen with what they were going to be able to offer him. And so having that fi- that that financial backing is going to be huge here um, to get assistant coaches, attract assistant coaches, and keep them here for more than a year or two years.
0: If you look at just where. It's kind of like how we used to do with recruiting, where you look at what other schools offered. Now you look at where they landed. Um, you know, Clink Scale was a coordinator. He had some weird passing game defensive, he, but he's got a coordinator tag on him for a team in the college football playoff. John and Summerall. He made
1: huge, huge impact on their secondary. Their secondary stunk in 2020. It was pretty good in 2021. Daxton Hill. He's going to be a very high draft pick. Was kind of like this hybrid safety nickel defender. So he did a very good job
0: there. John Sumrall goes and is a head coach mm-hmm. at, in the Sun Belt. That's his next move. Brad White turned down LSU's defensive coordinator to stay at Kentucky, and you lose your offensive coordinator to be the offensive coordinator for the LA Rams. Which I think it's and we had safe a reporter to say- that.
1: Right. Miami came after him with Chris, Mario Cristobal.
0: Mm-hmm. The and New Orleans the Saints Saints had,
1: and... some, had some interest in him too. And he so you, you had he that on been to a play
0: the... caller for the Saints as well, right? Like...
1: Right. Because Dennis Allen is a defensive head coach.
0: Yeah. So, you know.
1: But they're in a tough, I, I understand why you wouldn't want to go there because they're yeah. in a tough Taysom situation. Hill. They got a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Allen's probably going to be on a short leash. It's tough to follow Sean Payton. Yeah.
0: He right. was probably the right spot, but, um, yeah, I uh it, it's is it safe to say the Rams, LA Rams offensive coordinator probably the most prolific assistant coaching job in all of football right now?
1: Yeah. Like Yeah, uh, no no doubt. Uh you can Everything McVay touches turns to gold, man. And then you crazy. see this offensive staff room he's building is just freaking ridiculous. Like he's going to have the Kentucky play caller. Um the, the Las Vegas Raiders play caller Craig Olson, who did a pretty good job mm-hmm. last year. Like, helped the. You got him in the their playoffs. Car Derek kind of, Carr took off a little bit there at the end. They made the yeah. playoffs, right? And with, with the without receiver group. That, right. And rugs falling, you know. like with, all Without rugs, like, turning Hunter Renfro into a number one out of the slot. That team made the playoffs with offensive line issues and Hunter Renfro being your number one wide receiver. Um, Jake Pete LSU, who's been in the NFL a long time. He's returning. Zach Robinson who Nick on all accounts, like this was the guy, like he fits the model of what Kentucky's trying to do here, I think, mm-hmm. but it's being reported that he's given him a pay bump or more responsibility and he's going to stay. And so when we got, start diving into these candidates here, um, it's going to be tough. Cause I think McVay is making a stance. Like he's sick of people poaching his guys. Yeah. That's what yeah. this kind of smells like to me. Right. And so, so he's trying to make a stand here. But for Cohen, you know it makes sense. Like Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, is going to get another head coaching job here soon. Mm-hmm. Like if Liam Cohen goes in there and they kind of hit it off, um,
0: they c- he could be the play caller. Bing, for the boom! Them. He's you yeah. know
1: they're yeah. at uh, let's say Carolina, right? They're the Carolina Panthers, right? And he's mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator there.
0: Boom! Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to get here though, like you had to have O'Connell leave for the Minnesota Vikings. And then uh, on top of all of this, there was there was just a lot of dominoes where it wasn't an open-and-shut, closed-case deal. Um, he met with the team last Thursday and told them, like, listen, guys, turn down some spots, but if they offer, I've got to take it. Interviewed Friday, and then there were some interesting names that popped up that we didn't anticipate. Um, you had uh, – I, I want to get them right because I've just been calling them a dude from the Falcons, and dude from LSU who was previously at um, Georgia. But Cortez Hankton, yeah, he was a Georgia receivers coach, moves to LSU. He's now in Joe Brady's role in Charles London. Those are two guys that we did not anticipate would be interviewed. They get the call. They're both African-American men. This is weeks after the Brian Flores lawsuit. And there was some thought that, you know what, they might go – like. There could be some pressure to hire a person of color into this prolific position. Assistant head coach Thomas Brown, he was also a candidate for the job. Um, and he and had he a was chance, the Vikings, too. He could have gone and been the offensive coordinator for O'Connell with the Vikings. So you had three guys there. It's like, man, there might be a chance McVeigh goes a different direction. He ultimately decides he wants to go with Cohen, and it still wasn't a deal right off the bat because, like you mentioned, all of those people you listed off, and help Brown's even coming back. Like they got to pay him somehow. I know Kronke's loaded, but I don't know how much he's willing to pay in assistant coaches' salaries. But they essentially came in, and we got an Albert Breer report that said that he's going to be hired. But then we got a Bruce Feldman report that, oh, there's not a finalized deal. They're working on it, and then we got nothing. And that was that was weird to me, like it because. Normally, you just get the Albert Breer and you roll with it. Um, Right. That guy's an NFL reporter through and through. He's not like Rap Sheet where he's reporting everything. Tells me that was Ram Scoop. Feldman is coaching carousel guy, especially with college drinks. How many times did he write stories about Liam Cohen? That was definitely coming from Cohen's agent. So there was a moment where it's like, wait, is there a chance here? And for a few hours yesterday, like I actually thought like, man, if, if L.A. is – like, I, I don't think they'll play hardball, but they could. And maybe Cohen's like, I'm not going to take a pay cut to give half my salary yeah. in California I mean, state taxes.
1: Call it what it is. It smelled like a low ball.
0: Yes. It smelled very much like a low ball. And they were going to see if he was going to jump at it, and he was just like, eh, no.
1: I'm going to make $1.1 million next year. I want to, you know, I want to be in that ballpark. I'm moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. Obviously, rate of living—it's a lot different—and he probably got lowballed, and he may, you know, and he may have known that other what other offensive coordinators made under McVay, and maybe it wasn't uh, the same or whatever, or maybe he thought he should be paid more, whatever. Um, So that's what that I think both sides are just negotiating terms. Yeah. I think that's just been ongoing.
0: And and we still like I just. I I know you and I were both kind of waiting around all day, like, all right, when's this going to pop? But eventually it got to the point where it's like, okay, they're going to get there. They're going to find a way, even if a deal has not been finalized yet. Time for to move on time for Kentucky to move on, Uh, to thank Liam for what he did. I think you can say with a hundred percent certainty that he made this job more, much more attractive to find a successor. Than where that was a year or 14 months ago when they were looking for an offensive coordinator, when they found Liam, you have Will Levis, you have Chris Rodriguez. He was the one the who pieces for to a run. top
1: 15 offense year one.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be an attractive job. Um, there's no question about it. And even though it is a, not the best of timing uh, stoops is at least the Kevin O'Connell thing happened a few weeks ago. Like, he, he knew that this was potentially going to happen. He could reach out to his guys. I know um, last time around, Luckett, it was – what was it, like a GA or something that connected him with Cohen?
1: Well, it was two. It was um, Aaron Cromer was the Rams offensive line coach at the time, and him and Stoops were vacation buddies. So, drinking beer on the beach buddies. And then, yeah, Jonathan Cooley – GA uh, was a GA at Kentucky. Moved mm-hmm. on was the assistant secondary coach with the Rams. Um, so those two kind of joined forces. But I'm glad we're bringing that up here, Nick, because I want people. We need to realize this. Yes. Kentucky went after Cooley last year, an assistant secondary coach, not even the number one assistant, to try to make him the secondary coach when scale left, and he turned it down to stay in the NFL. Yeah. Going after these guys, like it's just a lot of them don't want to leave the NFL. Nope. Better work um, schedule, calendar wise is better. Better work work life balance.
0: Not dealing with no recruiting year old kids. All you know, Texans, the recruiting calendars. Yeah. Recruiting
1: calendars insane right now in college football. So, like that, that's something we have to remember, and that's why, like when I went through and tried kind of go through these coaching rosters and find guys I think would be candidate. It's hard on a lot of them because a lot of them have just been, you know, been in the NFL for so long. You don't know what the interest there is. You kind of have to find the right ones. And we had some comments from Zach Yenzer recently was pretty much like, you know, I've talked to coach Stoops and he sounds like he's pretty committed to this Shanahan McVay outside zone play action system. So that leads me to think that's where the hire is going to come from. Some that run something similar to that. But when you look at the candidates, the ones I've looked at on those two staff specifically, it's just, there's not, well, it's not a lot there. I just, it, it, to me, it feels like, man, this might, might not be the best year to want that. So if you can't find a guy in that specifically in that system, what is like the plan B look like? What are you going for there? It's what really what I'm interested to see how this search goes because obviously, I talked about Zach Robinson's the clear um, guy. Um, Spencer Whipple's a guy. Um, I think it has some ties to the staff, but he's very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like what? So he could be like I can see that developing as maybe a backup option. But like, yeah, where does this where does this search go if well, <laughs> you can't really find a guy that fits fits that specific mold?
0: I, I just enjoyed scouring through the message boards and saying – this Vrabel guy, we got to get him. He's right. It's like, dude, he's been in the NFL for 10 years. He's not.
1: Well, also that, yeah, I saw, I, I looked at him. He was he's just like, promoted to pass game coordinator for the Packers. You're not going to leave that job. Right. You know, like that's, there. there's. And the way they're, they're winning, guys are getting hired. So that creates more opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. They you're, move not gonna
1: up. Leave, you're not going to want to leave an organization like that.
0: So the, it's finding the right balance that can be difficult. Um, I would also say, too, that when you look at these lists, um, like one that you put together, like it, a lot of times you're just not going to know guys on the list. And if you do know them, they're probably overqualified for the job. We did not know Liam Cohen's name when Eddie Grand was fired. In fact, we didn't hear another Rams assistant, I think, until about three days later, and it was the wrong Rams assistant. We thought, Yeah, we were Shane on the Walton.
1: Shane Waldron train, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Who's, uh was the Seahawks OC uh, last year. So, like, we're probably not going to know the, the names that are in the mix right away. It takes some time for the, the kind of chips to fall where they may. Uh, and you know what? That doesn't mean it's a bad hire either. Um, so I just keep that in mind throughout this mm-hmm. process, especially early on, uh, because uh, even though I would expect Stoops to move faster than last time, last year, uh, it was the end of the regular season, and I think Cohen w- was hired prior to the bowl game. So it was a much yeah, different time, much different climate um, back then. And it, So, I, I mean, spring practice is supposed to start, I think, next week. I think. Mm-hmm. We I haven't think gotten the, schedule. the official word yet from UK. But I would imagine that we would no- – by Tuesday of next week, we're getting ready to go to the NFL Combine. We should know who the guy's going to be. That's my assumption, at least right. what I'm operating under, my timetable moving forward.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, you have to think uh, maybe fillers were sent out early. I think it's important to notice, too, Nick, there's two guys they targeted last year, had interviews with.
0: Mm-hmm. No one I'm is about.
1: pretty. One is pretty close to you. Yep. Um, The other one just got a promotion at Missouri. Bush Hamden, Missouri quarterback coach. They both had good years.
0: I think all things – I mean, Purdue had a nine-win season. Purdue Um, has
1: averaged over 300 yards passing in four consecutive seasons. Uh, They just kind of – they cobbled together a year for Aiden O'Connell, and he had a really good season. And I don't think that kid is all that talented. He's not. But they they made it work, though. Yeah, but the thing with Purdue is they just haven't been able to get that running game going. Um, so that's, I think, the big thing with Braun. But there's a lot to like about him as a candidate. Um, I think you obviously,
0: would – Yeah, yeah. You would – I home, think if right? I was him, I would argue that we just haven't had the dudes to do it because Horvath, yeah. that guy stinks. Like, and he's a,
1: He's helped <laughs> recruit multiple four-star quarterbacks there to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you could argue that. But also that's on them too. You know, you're recruiting. He's been there for four years. Like, it's you got to get the guys there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um but yeah the, and
1: it's obviously mm-hmm. the other one – Eli Drinkowitz kind of runs a similar outside zone scheme. He's worked with Eli Drinkowitz twice in his career. Um, Drinkowitz was, tried to be a hard-ass early in his coaching tenure, tried to coach quarterbacks full-time and be the head coach. He's given that up this year, and Bush Hand is sliding from receiver to quarterback coach full-time. So I think that says a lot, um, and I think Stoops likes, likes the – quarterback wide receiver combo guys that have coached both and had success with both. Um, And with a guy like Woodward, Scott Woodward, I think it's important to remember like Scott Woodward could easily slide over and be the quarterback's coach next year. Yeah. I think they could feel comfortable with that if they found a good guy as like a wide receiver target. Um, So those obviously have the list I think should kind of start with those because we know he, he liked those guys last year. We know that. Um, And so it's going from there. How, how does he feel about them a year later? And, what are kind of the other candidates that kind of pop up?
0: I would also uh, mention that the when you bring up Woodward and we we talk about well, what's a, a worst case scenario? Like because the timing's weird. Yeah, hitting a home run isn't perfect. I think having Woodward, I could very well see this thing shaking out where they hire a guy promote Woodward to like Cove something, you know, where you have oh, like see,
1: I think that's coming. I do.
0: Yeah. E- even if he doesn't have play calling duties, but like make no, him the
1: clear number two. Right.
0: I think um I'm trying to remember what what game it was where like, you know, Colin was like, yeah, we got that call from upstairs. And then first it, game of the year. Was wrong. that who it was? It was mm-hmm. bomb touchdown. You At know, and like that that kind of stuff. It's it's fun. It's grabby for headlines, but like, you know, he's no dumb dumb. Like Cohen brought him there for a reason. He knows his stuff, and he's done a decent job recruiting. So I think that's one element of this search that we have to take into account is how he could play a role in moving up the chain of command. Despite um, you know this really being, he only has one other season of Power Five experience beforehand, and that was in a QC role at Pitt.
1: Yeah, that's to me. That's that's it right there i think he's just a little too green probably for this role you just want a little more there he's i think he hit a lot of checkpoints this year but it's this happened it's all happened a year too soon mm-hmm. i think if you got yeah. one more year with him with cohen i think that would would have been the move to just move slide him over to quarterback coach and have him be your play caller it's just unfortunate it's just all unfortunate timing on this i think it's one year from that. But he also sets Nick kind of a baseline, I think, in this search. Yeah. Yeah. You have to when you're hiring this guy for Mark Stoops, you gotta you gotta really believe this is gonna be better than what I guess Woodward would be, what you project him being That's as true. an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. So I do think this sets a baseline for the search. The problem is he doesn't have a couple of weeks to kind of digest through it all. Like this needs to happen fast. So mm-hmm. like we've said, maybe he he's got a, you know candidate list of three already or whatnot because um, but i do think the the woodward angle there's definitely uh, he's i think he's a huge part of this process um well, because what what they have in him they don't want to I, I don't think they want to lose him i mean he's doing some great things on the recruiting yeah. trail the receivers play look good
0: we, we, you could finally have a receiver coach for consecutive seasons you know like right. but i think the big element of this that we have to consider too when throwing out some of these names is the continuity aspect that he brings that nobody else can really bring. And that's familiar. Like they, they would be using the same terminology. How much of a benefit does Mark Stoops see that continuity? Yes. After not having to go through a lot of changes, you know, if some of these other guys we mentioned in three completely different schemes in three years, that, you know, that, I could set you back pretty far in spring ball. So uh, that is certainly going to be an aspect that uh, is on Stoops' pros and cons list. Um, Woodward could be the internal promotion. Uh, I've seen some folks kick around the Eddie Grant internal promotion. Look it. I think I'm pretty confident in saying that like that, that low hanging
1: fruit, man. It's just such low hanging fruit. It's easy. It gets people fired up one way or the other, but.
0: I mean, this whole thing uh, got into motion because of Eddie Gray. Like, we're not. Step step into the
1: KSR coaching search firm. Guys, we're in a closed door right now. Got Mark Stoops on the line. He's asking us, he's like, I know the answer on this, but I'm asking you, what do you all think KSR coach search firm? I think Mark, I think Eddie's in the role he's supposed to be in. Yeah. Keep him there. You know what Mark Stoops is saying? You're 100% right.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like, this is. That's the good, That's the role for him. He's in a good spot. He's but probably going to end did, his career in it.
1: But his role on this, Nick, this is what the chief of staffs do when it comes time to hire guys. He's grilling them. Mark's sidekick yeah. over there. Yeah. You know, it used to be Rewezewicz, but now it's him. So he's kind of a guy calling around probably to different places, um, hitting up people he knows in the coaching community to kind of find candidates and maybe even came up with a list of names that Mark worked off from there. Um, so it's important to remember that as well like he's gonna be he's huge in this process
0: but I'm not inter- like if, if anybody's getting promoted from within it's not Eddie grand it would be Scott Woodward exactly uh, yeah that, that that would be the route they go. Um, you mentioned Spencer Whipple earlier I want I want to touch on him briefly because I, I really liked the uh, the galaxy brain thought you had earlier this year about how his dad helped. Um, uh, Kenny, Kenny Pickett make that jump, and he got similar tools. Uh, now Mark Whipple moves from Pitt to Nebraska, um, to jump on Scott Frost's sinking, sinking ship. Really don't understand that career move, but I guess he's just like, Well, Kenny Pickett's gone. I'm kind of screwed. I gotta get the hell out of here. Uh,
1: but we're not a big fan of Narduzzi. That's what that smells like to me. Yeah, I'm sure Narduzzi is just
0: a joy to work with, especially a defensive coach that his defense is terrible. Um, but uh, his son, though, has spent, what, the last three seasons with the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. He was with Cohen and Woodward at UMass, if I'm not mistaken.
1: So there's Who's some familiarity at, um, there. Not Cohen, uh, per se, but he was with Woodward there. Um, he joined this, he was at from 2014 to 2018. He worked at UMass under his dad. He coached quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, during four of those seasons, him and Woodward were on the same offensive staff there at UMass. And, obviously, Woodward followed his dad to Pittsburgh to be the quality control coach. There's obviously that relationship there. Um, Mark Wibble's got kind of a cool um, under-the-radar co- coaching tree. So, I could see maybe Kentucky wanting to lean into that. And he just checks some of the boxes, the NFL stuff, and then he's coached quarterbacks and wide receivers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, that that that's I think will be intriguing to Mark Stoops. But, he's uh, he, like he said, he's only 32 years old, so he's still pretty green. Yeah. There and no real power five experience at all. So you'd have to worry about recruiting. But yeah, he's definitely stoops... like he he's kind of the mold though. I think we're all thinking like this hire is going to come from. It's going to be somebody like that.
0: Right, right. Um the and I think the one thing that stoops will, like coaching at the power five level is important to him. I think he's gonna prioritize that unless that other experience is at the NFL level.
1: It's not, yeah. It's not everything, but it, but it matters. It does matter. Yeah. Um. So like a guy like, I don't think Major Applewhite's gonna get hired. I don't think he's even on the list. Right. But he's got extensive Power Five experience. He worked with Mike Stoops at Alabama. Got the Nick Saban stamp of approval. You know, Major it, Applewhite. Man, I haven't heard that name. Gosh. So like you got that. Um. Yeah. And so obviously. And then there's like the Troy Walter's name, I think was leaked out by Justin Rowland. Um, He's got extensive college experience, pretty good recruiter, coach wide receiver at three power five programs. Coach Wondell. Yeah. was a non-play calling offensive coordinator for Scott Frost at UCF in Nebraska. Thanks. that started not to go great. Him and Frost separated. He goes to the Bengals was the assistant wide receiver coach one year and then gets promoted to wide receivers coach. But, when I kind of did some digging, it made it sound like that he was actually the full-time wide receivers coach. The Bengals just were cheap and didn't want to fire the other wide receiver coach. So, they kept him on staff for one more year and then kind of promoted him. And obviously, you know, he had a Bengals lot of talent. Bengals were there. cheap? No. Yeah. Obviously, they the Bengals had a lot of talent there, you know, in the in the room. But, you know, Jamar Chase kind of credited him a lot for helping him work through the, the drops issue he was having. And so obviously that's something there, but he's like, if you do that, then you're kind of, I think that, that kind of hire would kind of say you really believe in Woodward. Maybe mm-hmm. he's not, maybe not the number one, but it's pretty close. Um, and he would be sliding over to quarterback's coach. Um, so I do think that's definitely in place. So that was a name that was kind of interesting to me.
0: Uh, there, um, I think you found a couple of new names too, Lockett. That I I'm, did. I'm curious. Yeah. Cause the the grind never stops.
1: Well, yeah. First of all, let's just start. Like Dan Mullen, okay. I just want to walk through people, <laughs> th- people through this, right quick.
0: Oh, we're gonna do Dan first, okay? Okay. Probably Last
1: search, okay. Last search. Joe Moorhead was a candidate out of nowhere. Former Mississippi State coach. And they really were got screwed on this, Nick, because if this happens in December, Joe Moore is the head coach at Akron right now. Yeah. It smells like. Mario Cristobal is very much Nick Saban, and working for him is a migraine 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Moorhead was really all that into that. I think that's why he heavily looked at Kentucky. Well, he wanted to get out of the Pacific Northwest one, and he didn't probably want to work for Cristobal anymore. And I think that's also Stoops. why he takes the Akron head coaching. I mean, that's not a great job. No, you know?
0: no, that's a rough one. And you so, know Stoops. Stoops is –
1: Right, they're they're pretty, pretty good on. buddies. Yeah, they're chummy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That I mean, if this happens a little earlier, he's Kentucky's offensive coordinator. I yeah. firmly believe that. Um, but it didn't. Timing mean, was off on this. So, but that gives you kind of a that if he's willing to consider a guy like that, like why wouldn't he consider Dan Mullen,
0: who much longer track record of success, much longer. Than well, they're
1: Think about it, Nick. They coach against each other every year since 2013. Yeah. Okay. Stoops they know how knows how long, difficult
0: kind of, it is to game plan against that yeah. offense.
1: Yep. Yeah, he knows that. He always talks about them with respect. Um. We all saw how chummy Dan Mullen was when Stoops beat him this past year. Big old smile on his face. Right. A huge old smile. I don't – I mean, that's enough for me to say maybe that's – like it's a long shot, but it's a chance that 50 to one well, could cash.
0: I just think that it's very silly to dismiss somebody just because they're a goober. Like, yes, we don't like their yes. public persona, but like all of these no names that you don't know, I bet 50% of them are goobers. This yeah. this profession is full of them. Okay. So, like, yeah. just to write somebody off because he's a jerk, Eric Wolford had the them as Joe Moore Award finalists, okay. And we aren't singing his praises about his character or personality. He produced results. This is a results oriented business. And two years ago, if I would have told you that Dan Mullen could be a candidate, Kentucky and you'd say what for the head coaching job. Sure. I'd love that. But now because he failed this year, he's just all of a sudden this black sheet that Kentucky is too proud to Hey, no, that, that, that whole, like, I thought that was the silliest notion. Like, Will Dan Mullen be the offensive coordinator? It's probably a long shot, okay? When he could just – he could do TV for a year, be a much easier gig. Um, He might be too proud to go back to the offensive coordinator ranks. But, like, to just rule him out because he's a goober, that's silly because the dude can coach some offense. And with Will Levis – dude, Will Levis would have 25 passing and 25 rushing touchdowns
1: if he was in Mullen's offense. Or – he knows Kentucky's personnel. Um, he knows what it takes to kind of run an offense at a school like this. He did it at Mississippi state. He's done it both ways. He's adapted to different quarterbacks, different running styles. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He wants to come at Florida. He wants another shot at Kirby oh. where he could just be the play caller and score points on him and be like, Oh, he ain't that tough. You know, like I, it, it It'd be fun to be if that's what he, you know, like, <laughs> like, what does he want? Yeah, I mean, obviously he hasn't been an offensive coordinator since 2008. So, I mean, and, the, and him taking orders would kind of be, you know, sure that would be the easiest thing. I'm sure it would be an absolute headache to deal with him. Um, but also you, you could just kind of turn over the offensive room to him and say, you know, do whatever. Um, I think there, there there's just some stuff there. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, you know, they, they had conversations with him.
0: Ultimately, like it, I think the bigger hang up wouldn't be can we deal with Dan? And it would be, do we want to go in that direction with the offense? Um,
1: yeah, and that's another thing too.
0: Like, how banged up do we want Lil Levis to get? Like they had to do some quarterback run stuff last year because it was just schematically advantageous. But you know,
1: yeah, Dan, but Mullen has like he has adjusted on some of that, like they're true. not. I mean, Kyle you know, threw it all over the yard, you know. It's not like he's just – he's still – they're just running QB power all the time. Like, they've done a lot of different stuff. I think that's why Mullen would be so intriguing as an offensive coach because he can kind of blend. And maybe he would want to be like, oh, I want, I want to run some of this outside zone stuff because I eventually want to get to the NFL. And maybe yeah. that's the ticket. Um, but more along the lines, you Kentucky, I do think there's a chance, like this McVay-Shanahan thing could be like the new A-raid here in college where it's kind of just like – you know, it's a good scheme. Everybody that runs it, it's just really good. And it's hard to stop. And I could, I could see a thing where a bunch of coaches come in and run it. Um, Kentucky kind of got in on the chip early. You're seeing other offenses run variations of it. Arizona's kind of running something with Jeb Fish, uh, very similar to it. But it's just – I, you can't – but I don't think you can kind of handcuff yourself and we got to get somebody from this tree. Um, because, like I said, I the obvious candidate is not out there. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to if you've got in a, a better candidate somewhere else, I don't think you can't you can't limit your your you know your talent pool like that.
0: No, no, no. You're you're not you had a grid year, but it's not like you're Nick Saban over here trying to find a new weren't.
1: Well, they weren't even run like they weren't even running off like the, the basis of the offense is outside zone and boot play action. And they didn't, and they didn't do it until the run, LSU game. They didn't right. run hardly any of that stuff. Right. They didn't right. run hardly any of that stuff all year. It was other stuff. And I think that's why Cohen was so attractive because he, he, he was very much players' uh, formation plays. He fed his best players. Mm-hmm. He got them in formations where they could get a schematic advantage and he ran plays where they could get open or have success. He wasn't tied to a system.
0: Right, right.
1: Which I thought that's why that – he had such a good year, and the offense had such a good year. It was because of that?
0: All right. Well, luck it.
1: Um, well, let's get these two names out of here, Nick. I yeah, just want to The throw two new names.
0: There, new, new, yeah. new names. We're going to have new a hot
1: board 2.0 later on a month, a Tuesday, February 22nd. But listeners, 11 personnel, this is – you get the inside no, scoop right here. You get it first. The KSR coaching search firm. Kevin Petulo, 40 years old. He's the Eagles passing game coordinator. Now, he has an interesting role there because he's not the quarterback's coach. He's not the receiver's coach. He's not the offensive coordinator. And I believe Nick Seriani, the head coach, calls the plays. So he's very much third or fourth down the line there. Mm -hmm. But he's a pass game coordinator. He'll go in the receiver's room. He'll go in the quarterback's room. And he has a lot to say with their passing game. He was a graduate assistant at Arizona, 2004,
0: 2005, 2006. Oh, do you know anybody – Mike Stoops was the head coach.
1: Hmm. Mark Stoops was the defensive coordinator. He then recently spent 2017 at Texas A&M. So he's got a year of recent SEC experience. He's got the Stoops connection. He's got kind of this NFL. He comes off the Frank Reich tree, who was with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, is now the Indianapolis Colts head coach. Pretty good. That that lines up, and I think it makes sense for him to leave because he's kind of like fourth – there in the offensive room, he could come to Kentucky. He's got quarterback receiver experience, can come coach quarterbacks, call plays. 40 years old. I think that makes a lot of sense. The other one's also with the Eagles. Brian Johnson, quarterback coach, 35 years old. He played quarterback for Urban Meyer and Dan Mullen at Utah. He joined Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, slowly moved up the ranks, ended up becoming Dan Mullen's number two there at Florida. Was it like offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach? He left the burning house before it got engulfed in flames. He's only had one year in the NFL. Maybe he wants to come back to college. You know, a play calling. Op- I don't think a play calling opportunity he could turn down in the SEC if that's what Kentucky wanted. Right. So those are those are two names. Got the, they have SEC experience. They have NFL experience. They've coached multiple positions and that there's some type of connection. Mark Stoops has coached against Brown Johnson for a long time. Stoops obviously knows Kevin Petulo.
0: Kevin Petulo. Petulo. Really rolls off the tongue. That one is uh, – I also like, too, that it's a fun callback. Maybe – do you think he was wearing Air Monarchs with the Stoops brothers back in the <laughs> – Is it the, the
1: team shoe? team yeah. shoe there too, Tucson?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um Great dig in there, Lockett, as always. Um, man, really, really hope we get some clarity, though, before we go up to Indy for the combine. Very excited for that. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I just get the sense here, Nick, like it's Tuesday. By the time Payday Friday gets here, we'll probably know top two or three, yeah. I would imagine, unless there's just a guy they they know it's going to be and they're just going to move fast. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: we'll we'll have to – we're playing the waiting game uh, once again, but um, you do have to give a salute to Liam Cohen for what he did as Kentucky's offensive coordinator. Not only statistically-wise, but, like, that was the the offense Kentucky fans wanted to see. On third down, it wasn't, all right, let's get ready to punt. Um, Kentucky had a chance to score. And you really saw growth throughout the season – from players in multiple positions, and it, it it all culminated in that Citrus Bowl with that, that final drive going down the field him, and going to win the game.
1: Him leaving is really a disappointment because we've talked about this. You know, they need to find an offensive tackle still, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they could find that, and, you know, if you develop another guy at tackle, keep Horsey at guard, Dart center guard would be as good as anybody in the SEC – You've got weapons. You've got an All-American running back. You've got a quarterback who could develop into a first-round pick. You've got depth at wide receiver and tight end. They were going to be hard to stop um, mm-hmm. second year in a system, all of that. Um, and that, I think there's going to be a lot, if you're running a similar playbook for this next offense coordinator, I think there's going to be a big factor of just don't get in the way. Like, we've got a proven quarterback. We've got a guy who's going to yawn and rush for 1,000 yards you got all kinds of skill talent that you could tinker with. Just don't mess it up. There's going to be a lot of that because this, like, this offense is built to be the best offense since 07, no doubt, and potentially the best one, you know, since, you know, um, Tim Couch, like, put up those kind of numbers offensively. Yeah, yeah. With the running pass. Like, it's got a chance to be really, really good. And that's why it's disappointing because now that um, you add some, an extra variable in there. And then extra
0: layer of uncertainty. They could Uh, go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's disappointing, but Hey, you know, it, uh, so I can't realize Scott Woodward in in this equation. He's going to factor in at some point and it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's we, we got a a week of, Oh, which way is this going to go up down? But, uh, appreciate Cohen for, how he helped turn this thing around. Now it's no making doubt. sure that the ship stays on course for what could be a really exciting 2022 no football. Season. And
1: they kept the most important piece, Mark Stoops.
0: Yes. <laughs> the head of the snake is still here. Mm-hmm. Still got the defense coordinator and Brad White. Still got a mm-hmm. lot of pieces of the puzzle, but um, Hey, when you're good, it's the, it's the, the sport, not the, the spoils of war. It's the, the price you pay for success, right? Is that cost of success? Cost of success. There we go. There we go. Um, it. Next time we talk, I don't know when it's going to be. I, I hate <laughs> for our listeners that we can't. Don't be surprised
1: you... if we have an uh, emergency Twitter spaces.
0: Yeah, that, get, that, that could happen. If we get a on, list like, a or if we get a meeting. guy,
1: Lee candidate, right. Don't yeah. be surprised if we jump on. So if you got a. We're all on our toes right now because this is how coaching searches work. You never know what or wins going to pop.
0: No, never, never know what's going to happen. Uh, but we do know that we will be up at the combine Wednesday through Friday next week, talking to, we'll be there for three of the four days of interviews and stuff. So between Wandale, all the linemen and everything, I think Corker and the DBs are the only folks we won't be talking to, but we'll also see, you know, all the who's who's, all the big stars at the event. So, uh, I think really the only disappointing part like it is I think the defense. No, defense on a Friday. So, yeah, we'll see like Aiden Hutchinson. You were saying, well, I think
1: we're going to miss quarterbacks.
0: The quarterbacks are with the receivers table. Okay, okay. So, so, we'll get quarterbacks. We'll also get some NFL.
1: We get NFL head coaches during those times too. So, huh? maybe get to ask a few questions. Maybe we'll say, hey, McVay. What gives McVay, you the right? So, I'll you save some for the rest of us. So, how come you get to have all the offensive ta- coaching talent? Sucker, Marry you little guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Put him in a headlock. <laughs> Give him a nuggie. That stupid hair. Give me some of that. Oh, well, lookit, this has been great. Hopefully we have some more good news to share in the coming days. Uh, but until then, for Adam Lockett, I'm Nick Rouse. Go Cats and go Kroger.